0: Thanks for checking out the weekly Harmony Church podcast. For more information and resources about Harmony Church or any of the Harmony events, check out the Harmony Church website or Harmony Church Facebook page today. So I want to finish this this series today that is a little mini-series on prepare the way of the Lord in Isaiah 40. I'm going to read it to you again. Comfort, yes, comfort my people, says your God. This is very much used in the Feast of Tabernacles when we're going to be in Jerusalem. Comfort my people, the big Jerusalem march. Two weeks ago I showed you the march where 50, 70, 60, 70,000 Christians from around the world will march throughout Jerusalem just loving on people and comfort, 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 comfort the Jewish people who've had so much pain in their lives. Beautiful thing to do. And so we'll do it again next week. Anyway, says your God, speak comfort to Jerusalem. Cry out to her that her warfare is ended, that her iniquity is pardoned. For she has received from the Lord's hand... Double for all her sins. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord, make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be exalted, every mountain and hill brought down. The crooked places shall be made straight, and the rough places smooth. And the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all flesh shall see it together, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. Praise the Lord. May the Lord bless His word this morning so a little review from last week we see that God's comfort in this context of this scripture the comfort that, that is said here as, you, as I told you before uh, Isaiah 40 is like switching from the Old Testament to the New Testament a lot of new New Testament uh, a lot of powerful prophetic and new covenant language here and really referring to Jesus and the people but anyway so we see that that here in the context is, is the, the Christ's victory and the, and the eradication of sin that's the context. And we see this, that her warfare is ended, right? That Christ has won the victory over sin and death. And I love this. You know, I said last week, as Christians, we actually start at the finish line. Jesus has finished an amazing work for us, you know, and given us his power, and now we don't start and, and run this race from a time of, hey, we're going to make something happen, in the sense that we, we, we stand from, hey, Jesus had made something happen already for us, and now we can step into what Jesus has given to us, and now he empowers us to step into what he has given us to do. He's already done a great work. Now it's for us to finish a great work for the church uh, in the age, and particular we who are the ones who are still alive today and can bring the kingdom wherever we go. Amen? Amen. So we know that sin no longer has to rule people's lives and devastate people's lives. They can find freedom in their lives. Number two, we saw here that her iniquity has been pardoned. Her sin has been paid for. Jesus has made us perfect in Christ. And the third thing that we saw is that we have received the double. Now, if you want to know more about it, you've got to listen to the talk last week. What it means to receive the double. It's an amazing custom that they used to have in those days. When somebody was in debt, they would put all their debts on a piece of paper, they would hang it at the at the end of their driveway uh, and, the, and people would go by, if they couldn't pay for it. You know, they had debt they couldn't pay for it. and they put it down there hoping that somebody would pay for this thing and then some rich guy or somebody who loves these people would come and he would see this debt and say, oh no, you are so in debt. I want to help you and they would basically fold it over. Called, that's what's called the double. They will double over this piece of paper and then they would write who it is and they would stick it, you know, the, again on the, on, the, on, the, on the post so when they came back from work, somebody had given them the double. Somebody had erased And paid for their debt. And of course, it's alluding to Jesus Christ who paid for all of our debt. He put all the stuff on, all our debt, all our sin, all the stuff that stood against him, all the lack of glory that we didn't have. He put it on a piece of paper and he folded it for us and he put his name on it. He put a little signature of the cross on there, paid in full. And of course referring to Jesus Christ and then we see also a bit later in the New Testament that Paul also talks beautifully about this. Very quickly, a lot of scriptures today, just stay with me. I'm going to talk a little bit fast because we haven't got much time and I want to get through this because I don't want to do this tonight because I'm not going to be here tonight. Colossians 2, as you've been dead in your trespasses and uncircumcision of your flesh, he has made you alive together with him, having forgiven you all your trespasses. We just talked about it. Having wiped out, everybody said wiped out. He has really wiped out the handwriting of the requirements that stood against us, which was contrary to us. He has taken it out. Away, of, the, of the way, and having nailed it to the cross. Same thing, he's re- taken the staff and he's nailed it to a cross. Having disarmed principalities' powers, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over, triumphing over them in it. So we've been made alive with Christ. We want, he's won the victory for us. We've been given, for, forgiven for our sins. And now we stand in this line, this race that we're racing right now. But we race it with having disarmed the principalities, knowing that we have the victory, that we have the authority in this world and this is so incredibly powerful that Jesus became sin for us that in him we might become the righteousness of God is anybody happy in this room today I'm happy in this room. This is great to preach the gospel. So let's go back to Isaiah 43 to 5. So it says, A voice crying in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord, make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be, ex- uh, shall be exalted, every mountain and hill brought low. The crooked places shall be made straight, the rough places smooth. The glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all flesh will see it together, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. What an incredible, beautiful picture. Of course, it was the picture already of Jesus coming, the glorious one coming into our lives but it's also talking about the glory of the lord i mean we know that the knowledge of the glory of the lord will fill the earth like the waters have covered the sea so his glory is here his glory is his presence It's just more wonderful i want his glory you know i know it's a very christian word i get it but his glory really means his personality his presence his i mean when moses said show me your glory in the old testament god says okay you can't deceive me because you'll you burn, you know, you incinerate. What I'll do is I'll put you in the cleft and I'll, I'll see my back you can see, you know, in those days. Now you can see the front of his face, right? But those days, not yet because Christ hasn't gone to the cross yet, right? So here we are and he says, put in the cleft and I'll get you my goodness. He just chose one, you know. I'll, I'll set my goodness past you. And this goodness comes past. I mean, what? A, can you imagine being there? You know, his goodness parts could have been his love, could have been his mercy, could have been anything. This time it was his mercy. So God's glory is really his manifest presence, it's who he is, it's his character. Now we are called to, be, to change from glory to glory, right? You believe me? It says in the Bible, you know, right now here, there's a lot of big scripture again, 2 Corinthians 3. But if the ministry of death with the law written and engraved on stones, you know, the Ten Commandments, was glorious so that the children of Israel could not look steadily at the face of Moses because the glory and his counten- of his countenance, which glory was passing away, you know, the old is passing away, how will the ministry of the Holy Spirit not be more glorious? What a wonderful ministry that we have received. The Holy Spirit, no longer on the outside, right now on the inside. You're very quiet in this place. Come on, get excited with me. It makes it easy for me and for you. More fun and all good. For if the ministry of condemnation had glory, the ministry of condemnation had glory, the ministry of righteousness, which we received, exceeds much more in glory. For even what was made glorious had no glory in the respect. In this respect, because of the glory that excels. For if what is passing away was glorious, what remains is much more glorious. Everybody say, much more glorious. Therefore, since we have such a hope, we use great boldness in speech, unlike Moses who put a veil over his face so that the children of Israel could not look steadily at the end of what was passing away. But their minds were blinded. For until, look at this, until to this day, the same veil remains unlifted in the reading of the Old Testament. (laughs) The only thing they can see is us, guys. Yes, one day, one day, they'll see. And all Israel will be saved. But for now... We are the glory of God, and we can make them jealous for the ones. It's their favorite son, you know. And so many are coming to Christ right now. So many Jews are coming to Christ. But the thing is, though, they're still blinded. That's why they need Christ. They need Christ, the same veil. The Old Testament, because veil is taken away in Christ. Even to this day, when Moses is read, a veil lies on their hearts. It's the, most, it's the most sad thing when you come to the wailing wall and they're wailing, they're wailing. You know? It's so sad. But there's still such joy. I also saw people dancing. La la la, la 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 la. They're still dancing because they still have this hope, you know. There's this wall of this, not even the wall of, 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 of the uh, the temple, you know. There's a wall of an outer, outer wall, you know. They can't even get to the temple with the presence of they don't even know that they're this far away from the presence right now in their hearts. That they have become the temple of the Holy Spirit. So we can bring comfort, we can speak to them. We can love on them, and they see something in our lives. And they say, "Wow, this is amazing!" You know. Yeah. Nevertheless, when one turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. But we all, with unveiled faces, beholding in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed in the same image, from glory to glory, just as by the Holy Spirit. Man, we have been called to be so glorious. Isn't it amazing? Man, I want to be glorious, more and more like Jesus all the time, better and better. Jesus is God's glory. Hebrews 1 Jesus is the radiance of God's glory, the exact representation of His being, sustaining all things by His powerful word. Are you reading with me? Not too fast? Am I fast? The only thing is going to go to 12. Is 12 o'clock fine for you? That's the only thing. We got to be okay. 12 o'clock. Then, then I'm slow down. Jesus, I got your permission. Some of your visitors. I'm sorry. It's going to be a two-hour service. In China, they have a whole week service. They don't even stop. When you preach there, they say, "Can you please give me eight hours right now and tomorrow again?" So we have it very light. I think we are a little bit light these days. Jesus is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation, but you can not read with me. It's not just me listening. You you know, of his glory, sustaining all things by his powerful word. After he had provided purification for sins, which is talked about, it, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty of heaven. In the Christian translation, I love this too. The sun is the dazzling radiance of God's splendor. Wow. The exact expression of God's true nature. A mirror image. When you see the Father, you see the Son. You see the Son, you see the Father. He holds the universe together and expands it by the mighty power of His power spoken word. He accomplished for us the complete cleansing of sins and then took His seat on the highest throne at the right hand of the majesty in heaven. Isn't that wonderful? Jesus, Jesus is the radiance of God's glory. Jesus is the dazzling radiance of God's splendor. And the wonderful thing is that we are becoming more and more like Him. Yeah. Isn't it amazing? I mean, we are born again of Him. So, in your spirit, like was referred to in the baptism, we have already become like Him. We become glorious. It says somewhere else in Ephesians, Philippians, it says, He called us, He accused, called us, also has um, um, called us, He has. <laughs> no, He has called us, He has. He selected us, and he is justified. Thank you so much, Cyrus. Justified, and he also has glorified. Glorified is not just at the end of your life. We will be glorified. Our bodies will be glorified one day when Jesus comes back. But since that, until that time, only one-third of you is glorified, right? It is your spirit, not your soul, not your body. It will happen, but not right now. Amen? Amen amen so we got are born of this beautiful glorified things in us full of glory so we already look like him and then we are looking like him more and more and more we already have been sanctified but then we are being sanctified there's two things that are going on and so here in Isaiah 40 we see God's salvation in Jesus Christ we see that John talked about this in John 123 he's is quoting Isaiah prepare the way of the Lord and then he says here behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world Boom done. Salvation accomplished for the humanity. Whoever wants to believe will come straight away into this salvation relationship. Done. But then we see right now in Isaiah 40, 3 to 5, we see his sanctification process. Sanctification process. Now what I loved much about it, actually somebody this morning walked into this door, one of the team here, before anybody was here. The lights were going and I see, this is like God's glory. I see the glory cloud, this glory cloud. And the funny thing is, she did not know what we're talking about this morning at all. And I've never had anybody say about these lights, it's like a glory cloud. So it's really amazing, isn't it? Because I'm talking about right now. So one of the things of glory is kabod, right? Everybody say kabod. Gabod in Hebrew means it's the weighty glory of God, the presence, the manifest presence of God. When Smith Wigglesworth had meetings, people tried to stay in their seats. They couldn't stay in their seats. They had to go outside the building because the power when he was preaching was so strong. People tried to crawl on the floor towards him, they couldn't get to him because the power was so strong. Where's this power gone? Where's this glory gone? Where's that amazing presence? Even in the Old Testament, they had it. Look at it. Look at it. When they, when they dedicated the Temple of Solomon, the trumpeters, the musicians joined in unison, giving praise and thanks to God, accompanied by trumpets, cymbals, and other instruments. The singers raised their voices in the Lord and in praise to the Lord. And they sang, He is good, for his love endures forever. Then the temple of the Lord was filled with the same cloud, with the cloud, with the cloud. And the priests could not perform Their service because of the cloud, for the glory of the Lord filled the temple. You know, people shaking, people falling over is nothing new. These guys couldn't even perform, they were on the floor. They were on the floor flat faced because the glory of God had descended in the temple. This is the Old Testament glory. Come on, how much more is the New Testament glory? Okay, New Testament glory is He in you, Christ in you, and I get that. Awesome. But the thing is, though, surely. We should see some kind of manifest glory in our lives. You know, even gatherings like this, which is so amazing. See, I think it is like this far away. It is right here. It's right tangible. But sometimes we don't wait for it. Sometimes we don't believe it. Sometimes we don't expect it. And I suggest that we expect some more glory again in the church, right? Amen. Amen. But it starts with you. So let's go there. So that's very awesome, right? Two, we see in the Old Testament that glory actually means salvation. Glory, the word glory actually also means salvation. In Luke 3:4 to 6, it says this, as it is written in the book of the words of Isaiah the prophet, he's going to quote Isaiah right now, a voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make straight paths for him. We just read it in Isaiah. Every valley shall be filled in, every mountain and hill made low, and the crooked road shall become straight, and the rough way smooth, and all the people will see God's salvation now. I thought it was glory. No, salvation. Jesus, salvation is synonymous with the whole thing. It's all related to each other because God, his personality, his presence, everything is related because he is the Savior. It's who he is. It's the person of, of, of himself. He is the Savior. He is the healer. He is, the, he is everything we ever need. Redeemer. Everything. Bless you. I'm getting excited about this. I can't wait to speak in Dutch in this church next week in Holland. and Please pray for me because I haven't even prepared the sermon yet. And I've got to do it in Dutch. So praise Jesus. It's going to be in Dutch. I haven't got the time to say if I translate you, take the whole service. Gideon, and that's not going to work. So um, you know, when God comes in your life, and we heard this in the pool, you guys. He starts making everything straight. He makes everything straight. He builds up. He builds up insecurities that you have in your life. He builds stuff up. He comes into your life. He builds up your self-image. He builds up a lot of stuff in your life that you don't have. And then he tears down. He tears down a whole bunch of stuff which we have in our lives, which are just in the way, you know, these boulders on this road that he's making, this amazing road, highway of glory that has gone through your life, in your life, and through your life, and he's going to take those boulders out of the way because you stumble over it, and other people stumble over it when they rode. They're running away, you know, on this beautiful road that you've created, and then you fall over, but then somebody else falls over. Reminds me of your dog, Frank, yesterday. It's funny, Frank's got a a dog, and it has got only one paw in front. One leg, sorry, one po- was also one poor. One, one leg in front. And he just goes, the two legs and the one, he goes really fast, you know. And sometimes Frank says, he told me yesterday, and he goes really, really fast, and suddenly he doesn't know he's got two legs, you know, he's got a one, and suddenly he's got too fast, and then, and he just crashes into the into the dirt. So it's very sad, really, but but, but he's, he can run, about 30 kilometers an hour or something. It's is amazing how fast a little thing, a little poodle thing, you know. But uh, so, so sometimes his legs just give way, and then you know, into the whole thing. So I don't know, there's sometimes things in our way. God fills up everything in our life. He fills in everything in our lives. He gives us body, you know, when we go to the hairdresser, you know, I want some body, you know, body in my, you know. He does it. When you have no body, He brings body into your life, right? He fills you you up in your life. He makes all things beautiful, right? it's It's His nature to make all things beautiful. So God prepares a way in your life to have other people come to Him. And we've seen this today. I mean, come on, Jazz. What an incredible testimony, you know. That's exactly what Christianity 101, you know. Come on. This is what happens. That's what Jesus does all the time. That's what Jazz does all the time. Jesus, Jazz, all the same. Absolutely wonderful. So it's really, really cool, you know. People don't come to the Lord through angels, you know. I mean, some do. And sometimes I think, is it an angel or not, you know. But the thing is, though, they don't. They come through us. We are ambassadors of His glory. We are carriers of the salvation message, right? We are witnesses of His character. We are demonstration of how it works. Our salvation, our forgiveness, speak to other people because we can talk about it. God forgave me. He changed my life. God healed me. He changed my life. We have testimonies in our lives of what God has done. for He's delivered me. you got a testimony of deliverance. So people need to know what happened to us. Ooh. No, 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 no. I, was, I thought it was a fly. It's actually... A feather. Okay, it goes up. Can you see that? Bill Johnson will straight away said Jesus, there's healing in his wings and turn into a healing meeting. We're not gonna do that. <laughs> in the present in at us. But we can we cannot, you know, we cannot become the the, the, the way of the Lord in our lives you know, unless we have received our own salvation, we've received our own forgiveness, the things that God has done in our lives, we need to know these things so we can start giving this to other people. So he then empowers us to do so in our lives. And I think it's the most beautiful thing there is. See, we just don't carry the message only. We're not just uh, uh, preachers of, of, a, of a word. We're not just salesmen or women. Right? Hey, we got this thing. You need it. Buy it. Now, part of it is that way. But we're not that way because we actually become the message, right? We don't just have a message. We become, Jesus was the message. He is the Savior. He showed, show and tell. He showed how He healed people, delivered people, raised people from the dead, given given forgiveness, whatever it is. He showed people. So God is building this thing through our lives. A highway through our lives, a road through our lives that people can walk upon and they can find Christ. Process of glory making. Christ being formed in us. Christ in you is the hope of glory. It's not just for a future. Yes, it is also for a future. But it's also for now. Christ is the hope of glory for you right now. And for other peoples right now. And he wants to work his presence in you right now. Amen? Amen? He's transitioning you and me right now from glory to glory fills in our lives changes our lives in every way and that's why even John the Baptist before Christ he already had this message of repentance he says repent he says "He says this Luke 3 he went into all the country around Jordan we'll be there next week you know running around there it's amazing who's been to Israel great everybody else next year we can take the whole church you know <laughs> you pay. me pay Amen. (laughs) Baptism of repentance and forgiveness of sins. I want you to know that repentance is a beautiful word. I used to don't like it. Because I I knew that something I had to kind of change something. Something was not right and I got to make it right. And I just don't like the word, you know. uh, But I've come to love the word. I love this word. You know what? Actually, it means not—it's not, it's not just a, a, a letting go of God's sinful type things, things that don't belong in your life. It is very much something that we go to. It is very much something to go to God. There's two concepts in the in the, in the Bible about repentance, turning from sin and turning to God for freedom. In the Aramaic, it's beautiful. Brian Simmons says this in the Aramaic: it's actually returning to God. It's actually uniting yourself to unity. That's what it says, literally: uniting yourself to unity. The God is unity. He is harmony, man. So so uniting yourself into the harmony, the unity of God. Of course, the New Testament, metanoia is basically uh, used a lot also, which is changing your mind. It, it's a different... Um, ideas around this whole thing. Romans twelve twelve talks about be transformed by the renewing of your mind. The methanoid make changing your mind, and that's really really good. But sometimes we have a kind of a, a kind of a hate affair with the whole thing of repentance. But the thing is, though, we need repentance to be able to see the kingdom. Because you got to change your mind to even see the kingdom, to see the stuff of the kingdom. You got some new glasses that God has given you in his spirit already to see the kingdom in your own mind, in your own soul, in your own emotions, perception. It's a different world. So we have to m- make sure that we adopt the mind of Christ that is in our spirit to mind it into our brain here that we know what God is doing, what, has, what he's saying. Because for, for God, for, for the kingdom to become a reality in your life, we got to repent. we got to change. Right? Change your view. That's what Jesus talked, the first message Jesus had after he came out of the the thing of temptation. We were there last year, Catherine and I. Yes. Now we'll stand on this side, Catherine, we'll on the Jordan side, and you see the, the Jordan River. And our kids all got baptized in the Jordan River. That's where Jesus went down, into the Jordan River, got baptized straight up to Jericho. We were there too, Chakias, all this kind of stuff. And then a little further, we I said, camels, remember, camels. And, but in the camels, I got a photo of that. Behind the camels is a sign, this is the Mount of Temptation. And right there, you can see the wilderness right there. Jesus had walked through here, Jordan, into the thing, be anointed by God. You're my faith, son, that I love so much and blessing and everything. And they go in there, probably wrote a camel a little bit maybe or not maybe i don't know and and then go in and then go into the desert for 40 days and he came out and this is what he said repent for the kingdom of god is near first line repent for the kingdom of god is near from that time jesus began to preach repent for the kingdom of heaven has come and this was much more than just a calling away from from the kind of sinful uh life without god it was very much into a new order it was repenting into a new order. See, repentance is much more about moving into the promised land than it is getting out of the Egypt, right? Much more. It's a vision of what God has for us. It is a thing for the kingdom that He wants. So we repent ourselves into greatness. We repent ourselves into destiny. That's why I love repentance. I love repentance. It's just powerful. And Jesus started in live repentance live this life beautiful his governance had come so when this kingdom comes in, comes into your life you know things things are going to change things things will have to change because his governance starts coming into your life the king is coming in and we're going to start bowing down to the king of glory His rule in our lives. You know, let's not be fooled. For us to have more glory in our lives, we need to change. We need to let Him change us from glory to glory to glory. We cannot stay the same. Yes, we are forgiven people, but there's a process of glorification. There's a process of becoming more and more like Christ. See, God has put his glory in us and then he makes his glories in every way. He puts his righteousness in us and then we start righteously living in more and more ways. He puts his peace in us and then we get more and more peace in different things that we do in our lives. He gives us his favor and then we start giving favor to other people, even to yourself. And it's just different in your life. Then we can forgive us, we talked about, we can forgive other people. He puts his power in your life. So then we be empowered to do things in and through our lives. He gives us His joy, supernatural joy, so we can be joyful even when we struggle. Love, I mean, come on, love. He puts His love into our lives so we can love ourselves, we can love other people who are even unlovable, the ones you just don't like at all or struggle with, you know, big time. We can love because we have received His love. It's a supernatural love. It starts to trickle through in our lives, in our own emotions, in our own minds. And I think it is beautiful how God is building this beautiful road in and through our lives. And then we help other people to see God and we start connecting people to heaven. We start connecting people to heaven. We always pray, heaven come. His kingdom come, His will be done on earth as it is in heaven. But it happens to us. And we can have the honor of connecting people to God to see His kingdom come, Amen. And that's why i almost finished. That's why um, the band can come up if you want, to. Catherine, start playing a little bit. So, you know, beautiful. Make it like a real service. I was watching, so I, 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 it was funny. I was watching the um, some American preacher again. It's a black guy, and he's just like, I just love it, you know. Honestly, I one day, Marcus, come on, one day. And he gets more excited, you know, and, 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 and then uh, you know, and this thing, and suddenly the little, the little organ goes, you know, and it gets more excited, a little drum, a little bass, you know, and they get all this stuff, you know. People kind of, I love it, I love it, I love people get emotionally involved. Two thirds of the kingdom is emotion, righteousness, peace, and joy, peace and joy is emotion. I want to have peace. I want to have joy. Anyway, different message. So, 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 the thing is though, that's why the idols need to go. Idols? Yes, idols need to go in our lives. An idol is anyone or anything that exalts itself above God or his ways in our lives. And we all have them. And God loves to burn them up. Kick them over. When he called Gideon, you know, you're going to do this thing. You're going to be a deliverer. Who, me, yes, bless you. All good. Go out. First thing he did. Tear down his father's idols, the family things, whatever's going on in their life. Tear those things down, those things that hold us back. Unforgiveness, greed, whatever it is, secret sins, addictions, hurt, pain, offense, even low low self-esteem. It's actually a sin, you know, low self-esteem. God has not made you this way. He made you very esteemed, a son of the living God, a daughter of the living God. False humility, take it out, burn it up. He wants his way in our lives. I love this song and I'm just gonna say it as a prayer to keep your lovely face ever before my eyes. This is my prayer, make it my strong desire that in my secret heart, no other love competes. No rival throne survives and I serve only you. I serve only you. we got to make a choice. Bob Dylan says, you got to serve somebody. we got to serve somebody. Is your heart's desire to serve Jesus? Is your heart's desire to have everything what He has in our lives, everything that He's deposited in our lives to kind of make that blossom through your life in every way? Take out the things that take you down? To actually have those things manifest in your life, you actually become a nicer person. You actually become more like Jesus. Come on, it's a real challenge in all of our lives because all of us have something, you know, that kind of takes us out, Achilles heel, you know, type thing. And God says, give them up. I want them. I love burning these things. Let's just give it to Him. He wants to build a highway through your lives. We've seen in Christ Jesus it's messy for years now, messy road work still going on. Roadworks, things without messy dust, there's stuff going on, but He loves that because He wants to build new things in your life. Amen? It's powerful. So, the message of the kingdom is repent, for the kingdom of God is near. Let's repent into everything that God has for us, the fullness of His kingdom and His life. Amen? And let's let go of the idols that give us so much pain and so much grief at times, disappointments. Let's move into the freedom because it was for freedom that Christ has set us free. I want to finish with this Hebrews 12. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked for us. Amen. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith, for the joy that was set before Him, He endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider Him who endured such opposition from sinners, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Are you weary? Have you lost heart, hope? maybe you're a little bit like this, you know maybe you're broken or maybe you say, man, this thing is really tripping me off." up and I really want to get rid of it maybe it's today is a time to just knock over some more idols in your life I think it's the most powerful thing at the end of Isaiah I've said it before, in Isaiah 40 at the end 28, 31, it says those that wait upon the Lord they're the ones who renew their strength And we saw what that meant. Those who wait, it meant like building your life in a twisting motion around Jesus Christ. Like ivy around a tree. He's a strong one. When we build our lives around Him, they will renew. They will renew their strength. Renewal in the Hebrew is to exchange. Exchange our weakness for His strength. Maybe today you need to be strengthened by God. Maybe you need His glory to come into your life in a powerful way to strengthen those areas that you are struggling with. Come on, let's give these things to God. Amen. Let's give these things to God. You think about it for a moment. All eyes closed, heads bowed. I just want to talk to you if you don't know Christ yet. Because maybe maybe you're here and said, man, I'm, I'm still in sin. I'm still struggling. And we saw this morning all these guys at baptism. They, their, their lives have been turned upside down because Christ came into their lives. But it's a decision that we have to make. And God is inviting you to a decision today to say yes to Jesus. He went to a cross for you. He was spotless. He was blameless. He was the Lamb of God, the Son of God, had no sin. But on the cross, He became sin for you, that in Him, you might become the righteousness of God. If you don't feel that yet, you don't know this yet, you say, I need to become a son. I need to become a daughter. I want to receive Christ. I want to receive this forgiveness. Is there anybody in here? If there's anybody, you can you slip up your hand, just nice and high because it's the most important decision you will ever make in your life to follow Jesus to give Him your life to give Him your heart to give Him everything is there anybody here this morning anybody says yes I need Jesus anybody here Father thank you that the harvest is plentiful labors are few Father, thank you that you are called us to be laborers of the harvest. And like we saw earlier on, thank you, Lord Jesus, that you are empowering us to see the need and to see the lost around us at our work, at our school, and wherever we are. And Father, even this week, we pray again, Lord, for for divine appointments to come. Lord, we are the divine appointment. We are the people they're waiting for. We are. And so we pray, Lord, for a, a boldness to come and a confidence to reach out to somebody. Say, you need Jesus. I want to love you. Speak prophetically over their lives or whatever. Father, we thank you for prophetic encounters this week. In Jesus' name. And right now, Lord, we just want to say, it is our desire, Lord, to honor you, that we give you our hearts. Why don't we all stand together? Lord, we give you our hearts. And Lord, we thank you that you so love kicking over those things that have held us back, Lord. Those things that so easily entangle our lives. and Lord, we pray you help us to let go of these things. Lord, we give those things to you. Maybe there's something in your life right now. You say, Lord, just give it to him right now. Say, Lord, I want to give this to you. I want to give this to you. It doesn't belong in my life. I don't want it in my life. A bit later in Isaiah, it talks about this highway of holiness. And yes, it talks about a life of holiness, but it talks really about the redeemed of the Lord, they go on this road because they've been redeemed by God, they've been made holy but thank you Jesus that we don't want those rocks in the way because we don't want to fall over these rocks or we don't want other people to fall over those things that trip us up for your glory, that we can be a great testimony to you so Lord we give these things to you right now, like, like Gideon Lord, we say we're going we're gonna to burn those idols we're going to burn those things Lord so that you completely can set us free and completely set us on this new road so to be changed more and more and more from glory to glory in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, amen.